It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. So guys, have you seen it? I'm telling you, if you have not checked it out, go to money-guy.com. We've got a brand new video that was put up by a videographer that we hired because we get all the time, we ask you guys, hey, share the love with us. You know, we know that we're trying to one by one change the financial world with these podcasts. And you guys write us telling us how this has all been very helpful to you. We said, why not create a dynamic video content item that people could easily share? And it's short, by the way, but it's got music so that it keeps you entertained. Even if you're not a financial person, I think you'll find the show very entertaining. This video it's less than two minutes, money-guy.com. It tells you who we are and why we do it. I really think that it's something you ought to check out. You can also, if you go to YouTube, just type in Money Guy, and we should be one of the top two or three things that pop up. Click on it there on our channel. It's right there, very first video. Uh, we are so, so happy with it, and uh, we kind of want to get some feedback from you guys, see what you think about it also. Um, topic today, before but i got a little more house cleaning, a few more things we got to clear out before we start talking about but just to let you know what today's topic is going to be, is Lending Club a good idea? Remember, we did a show about a year ago. It was in April of last year about Lending Club. We're coming back to tell you how the last year's been, also to tell you some of the criticisms I've received from doing that show as well as other things that I've seen out there on the web. We're going to go over those things, kind of really open up the doors, get under the hood, let you see all the different angles about Lending Club and what it's like. But telling you, continuing on with this video, the Money Guy video that we just did, David, the, the videographer, did an incredible job with it. We wanted to try to figure out how do, how do we leverage our relationship with you guys? You guys, a lot of you are advocates for our show. How do we leverage that relationship? But also, in tightwad fashion, give you something for sharing this video with your friends. What we've done is... You guys know, we've talked about, we have a lot of Money Guy, Tightwad Nation swag coming. And this swag, the t-shirts we're coming out with are going to benefit 100% autism charities. Right. Some of the ones, I think one of the first ones we're going to choose is based out of Nashville, Tennessee. But And these things are going to make you feel loud and proud about being good with your finances. The Tightwad Nation, I will tell you, I plan on, I thought originally I was going to get one or two of each of one of these things. I'm going to do three or four because right. I'm going to wear them to the gym it, it, you know, I'm still the guy who's proud of my $7 dates that I did back in high school. These t-shirts are going to kind of build upon that, make you feel really good and empower you about being a tightwad and good with your finances. And here's what I'm excited about. These aren't throwaway t-shirts. We actually got some of the models in over the past two weeks. The actual, you know, have them in hand, touching them. These are nice t-shirts. They're not the 100% cotton, big, boxy, throw them away. These things are nice. These, this is, this is sort of evening attire t-shirts or gym attire t-shirts. That you're actually be proud to wear. So we're really, really excited to get these things ready for you guys. So it ties in that whole geek chic. You're going to feel really cool wearing this type of stuff. But here's the offer I'm making to you guys. If you will share this video, the Money Guy video that we've come out with, it's very entertaining. If you'll share it with five of your friends and blind copyists or regular copyists, CC on, on the email to brian at money-guy.com or Bo at money-guy.com. As soon as we see that you've done five of these emails, you know, or you do one email, but you put five people on it, we're going to send you out a coupon code that's going to be very helpful 
um, uh, on getting that discount on the swag. So, so check it out. Help out, help us out because we want to leverage off your relationship, but also give you something because we're all about giving great free advice, but also helping you to, to, to do it in tight wad fashion where you're getting something for it. Um, here's the, the, the transition point to kind of talking about the show topic. Um, money-guy.com. We're going to have our show notes. We're also, you know, of course, you can sign up on the Money Guy site to get blast emails every time. You can also check out all the other social media with Twitter, Facebook. But Lending Club has been one of those things where I had a I had a neighbor in town who used to be a neighbor, I should say. He was in town from South Carolina. And he said, Brian, you know, I got an extra $5,000. It's nothing really have it earmarked for nothing. It's going to be really fun money. What should I do? And he, I know what he was looking for. He was looking for. He wants that hot tip. He want a, he wants a hot stock tip. That's what everybody, when they find out that you're in the financial industry, they somehow, maybe it's because they've been watching a lot of, um, you know, CNBC or, or, or any of those things that kind of make it feel like it's, you know, very dynamic and exciting to be a stock investor. He was looking for that hot stock tip. Instead, I said, Brian, his name's Brian too as well. But I said, Brian, if you're really looking for something, just kind of a hobby, something fun that you can get a great return in, go check out Lending Club. Now, Lending Club is a peer-to-peer lending company. Now, a lot of you might be going, what That is, sounds fancy. Yeah, what, what is peer-to-peer? Peer-to-peer, and I'm going to first read you the definition. The, the definition of peer-to-peer lending is money to uh, you're, you're lending money to unrelated individuals or peers, and they put peers in quotation marks. So I did the the bunny ears in the air without going through a traditional financial institution such as a bank or other traditional um, company. So it, it's it's basically a way to borrow money without going through a bank, credit union, or your traditional ways of getting loans. What what has happened is the market has changed. We've seen this, the downturn of 2007 really through 2009 when the economy was you know, really in shambles there through that first quarter of 2009. The, it's like all things in the financial world or in the, in, in the economy is sometimes there's an overreaction. Right. Just like you saw stocks. You know, I, I'm, I'm doing the whole Steve Jobs book right now. And just here in the history, it made me replay the Apple stock, you know, where they had $25 to $29 in the bank for every share of stock, and yet the stock went down to $79 a share because of how crazy the stock market was in 2008. That was an overreaction. The right. company was obviously worth substantially more than that. The same thing happens with banks and lending institutions is, is they got they had a lot of people not paying back. They had a lot of real estate go bad, especially down here in the southeast. We know all about this, but also in Las Vegas, California, banks got crushed. The federal government had to step in, help out, and try to bail these guys out to a large degree, which was very controversial. But as a result of that, banks kind of just said, well, you know what, we're done lending money for a while. If you're a personal individual, you know, if you need to start a business, if you need to to, you know, consolidate some debts. If you need to, to, you know, do a mortgage on your house, it all got much, much harder to get money. So, of course, what does the private sector do? They see an opportunity because of this overreaction and they jump in. And that's exactly what Lending Club has done. I thought it was interesting. The Economist, um, did, a, did a, they, they wrote up a piece about this. It was the first, first paragraph 
Um, this was came out on March 1st of 2014, and it's called Banking Without Banks. And I'm going to go read this first part because I think it ties into exactly what I was just talking about. It says, Savers have never had a worse deal, but for most borrowers, credit is scarce and costly. That seeming paradox attracts new businesses free of the bad balance sheets, high costs, and dreadful reputations which burden most conventional banks. And it's true. We have clients. Matter of fact, we had a conversation with one of our clients this week. They built up all this cash. They're disgusted to have how little it's earning, and they're right. trying to figure out what to do. And it is hard, especially for older people who you know who are used to getting three, four, five percent on their savings accounts, and now they're getting less than a quarter of a percent. And and you're like, what can I do? That's where it's great that the the private marketplace has created a solution where if you have excess cash. You can now go lend it to other people in small little digestible chunks right. and let them do all kind of things. And we'll get into what that means. So peer-to-peer lending is a hot topic. I thought it was interesting when I just did a Google search on it. Um, Alan Roth from Dull Investing had done a piece for C- CBS, you know, their, their whole market, market, you know, market watch. And he's also done some stuff in the past for Money Magazine. He actually had a very critical review of Lending Club. Okay. And I'm and I'm going to share with you later how his his opinions have changed to a degree just because of the way Lending Club acted on it. And then TechCrunch, you know, TechCrunch is one of those those online news organizations that kind of evolved out of blogging doing other things that really makes an impact out there in our new world economy that we have. And they even had, you know, Lena Rao had a, a piece that she put some some information that I'll probably share in a little bit as well. So I want to tell you, as being a true card carrying person, I get nothing from Lending Club. I don't. I'm not even signed up under under their affiliate program. So I want you to know this is just my take. This is not something that I'm getting any endorsement right. or anything. I just want to tell you what it's like to be a Lending Club member. The good, the bad, and the surprises that I've come from it, Bo. Because I've talked about it so much, you even piled in yeah, and so put a little money in I, there as well. I think I think when we did the show last year, I was not actually a member then, so we were kind of doing the show, and it was very for me. It was a very academic exercise, not a lot of actual tangible experience in it. Now I've had the account for, I guess I guess a year now, uh, and so I'm kind of a card carry member too. So I want to kind of share some of my experience and the things that I think they're doing really really well now. I have another neighbor who still do, is a neighbor who um, I've gotten into Lending Club. And he, I, I will tell you, this is the thing. I want to give you all some disclaimers because I think there's a, a tendency that people get a little confused about what Lending Club lending club is and is not and what peer-to-peer lending is and is not. Is that I think a lot of people, because you're taking cash and you're doing, you know, notes that are not long-term, but they're not short-term either. They're kind of 36 to five years, you know, 36 or 60 month loans is what your, the platform is currently set up with. And I think a lot of people are confusing because they're using their cash. They're thinking this could be, you know, some of my cash reserves that I just want to get a better rate of return on. Um, I'm going to put that towards Lending Club. And I, and I I tell people, be careful with that. that, that Lending Club, is not a replacement for your safe holdings. It's not a reserve account like cash, money markets, or CDs. And and here's why it's not. This money is very illiquid. Mm-hmm. Meaning, and now they do have a marketplace where you supposedly can go out there and sell notes that aren't performing or just notes that you're just tired of. 
you can go out there. So it does create some liquidity, but I would tell you as a, as a, as your financial advisor or somebody who is talking about finances with you, Look at this as a very illiquid asset. And and it's also an at-risk asset, right? We talk about all the time, you know, a money a money market or a bank account or a CD, those are kind of supposed to be guaranteed instruments. This is most certainly not that. It's somewhat speculative. Right. Now, it might evolve over the next three to five years as they get into different product types, and I'm going to get into that a little later in the show. And as, as there's more of a history of what it's like to be in peer-to-peer lending, but it's very speculative currently. So I will tell you, for me, Lending Club is a hobby. Right. This is not money that I'm counting on that my wife and I are going to retire off of or I'm going to put my two daughters through college with. This is play money. Mm-hmm. This might be you know, something I do for myself. I build this money up over five years and go buy something that you know, is un- uncommon for me to buy. Right. You know, it, it, this is a hobby. It truly is a hobby. I wanted to read because I thought it was interesting. They, you know, they're... Obviously, Lending Club has probably a panel of attorneys. They've created their own disclaimer that I want to share because last year I had um, Lending Club did reach out to me. I had enough of you guys call Lending Club um, because you wanted to participate or try it out or at least ask some questions. And enough of you contacted them that I did get somebody from the company that reached out to me and said, Brian, you know, we're not available in all 50 states. So we've had a lot of your listeners reach out to us. So if you in the future could explain that we're not available, I wanted to read kind of their disclaimer. Um, it says, you must reside in one of these states listed below and meet the state's financial suitability conditions as described below too. So here's the states that you can do Lending Club in. It's California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Kentucky, Louisiana, Minnesota, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, New Hampshire, Nevada, New York, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Utah, Virginia, Washington, Wisconsin, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Don't ask me to name the capitals for I, all I those states. I wasn't counting, but that sounds like a pretty good number of states. They've added. I think yeah. last year when we did the show, it was 9 to 12 okay. states. I think obviously that was more than 9 to 12 states. So they're obviously trying to add. They're probably having to change local legislation because this is sometimes when you create new products, you get into a new marketplace, the old conventional system has to change just right. so you can do business. So I tell you that just so that you know. The other thing is, I, I thought this was interesting because I don't know if I noticed this last year. This is another financial requirement. It says investors who are residents of states other than California or Kentucky must have an annual gross income of at least $70,000 and a net worth exclusive of your home, home furnishings, and automobile of at least $70,000. Um, or have a net worth of at least two hundred fifty thousand. Um, it says investors who are residents of California must have an annual gross income of at least eighty five thousand and a net worth of at least eighty five thousand, exclusive of your home, home furnishings, and automobile, or have a net worth of at least eighty thousand dollars. So, I thought that was interesting because I don't think I noticed that last year. Is that there? They do have kind of like it's not it's not the same level as accredited investor. Like you see when you're doing venture capital or private placements and other things like that. But it is a threshold that not everybody who has a checking account means you qualify for this. Right. So, so make sure you understand. And that's the disclaimer. Now let's go through my account. And then, Bo, I want you, you and I talked about before the show, we're going to talk about the cycle of what it's like to be a lending yep. club member. And because you do go through a cycle of emotions, of excitement and other things. And I'm going to walk you through what it's like so you kind of know what you're facing when you get in there. Because you 
do go through a period of adjustment on how this all works. But let's go through the numbers on my account first. I currently, after one year of doing this, have 175 notes. Um, and remember, the way Lending Club works is that you, your minimum investment or minimum note investment is twenty-five dollars. Right. Um, and so, and they recommend you try to get to a hundred as fast as possible because after you get to a hundred notes, you can um, you can have enough diversification that it limits your downside risk. So they're try- I think they they want you to get up to twenty-five hundred dollars as fast as possible right. so that you can you know limit your risk and do some diversification. So I have one hundred and seventy-five. Eight are in funding, so that means they're in the the due diligence process where Lending Club is making sure that everything that they said is is accurate about them and then figuring out if they're uh, truly lend the money to them. 158 of them are issued and current. I do have seven that are fully paid because, remember, all these notes, none of them have prepaid penalties. So, you know, people can pay off their loans at any point in time if they want to. So I have seven that have already been fully paid. And then I do, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the warts. I have two that are late, 31 to 120 days. That's not a good thing because that means, according to their own research, there's probably a 72%. I'm only going to lose 72% of my money, according to Lending Club, in those two notes. I went ahead and I will tell you in my analysis, I'm assuming I'm going to lose 80%. And then once they get over 120 days, I'm going to write it off that I've lost 100% of my money in those two notes, just just being straight up with you. So my raw rate of return, and this is the part where I'll get into the criticism in the few, that, that it in, has occurred in the past and how Lending Club is addressing it, but my raw rate of return, according to Lending Club, is 13.74%. That's pretty healthy. Well, but it means that I'm taking on, you know, some some investor, I'm taking on loans of people who don't have AA plus credit. Right. Because if you have A plus credit, these rates on their loans are well below, you know, 9%, 9 or 10%. So I'm obviously going a little further out on the risk spectrum because, like I said, this is a hobby for me. However, if you adjust for the, 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 the bad loans, according to Lending Club, my rate of return is 11.57%. So they do have a calculation to where they can say, hey, Okay, I got some bad loans. What does that do to my annual rate of return? So it took down to 11.57. If you use my more conservative assumptions, and my conservative assumptions are is that I only take a discount on what the, so if you take $25 was what I borrow, let somebody borrow. If that's still the principal amount, if they're in the grace period, meaning that they're past or they're getting in that 15 day grace period, I go a discount at 20%. If they get into the 16 to 30 day period, meaning that it's late by, you know, by, you know, 16 days, because remember there's a 15 day grace period, I discount it 50% of its value. And if it gets over 31 days, I discount it 80%. And then if it's over 120 days, I just go ahead and write the whole thing off. Right. And that's a little more conservative, meaning I'm taking a bigger discount than what Lending Club says I truly will. But I want to really know what my rate of return probably Absolutely. is. That pushes my rate of return down to 11.33. Still very healthy on something that's, you know, that what we've talked about, Bo, is that I have friends that are, they listen to sports talk radio all day. Uh-huh. They're fantasy football teams. They go out and spend a fortune on the software, all the research. Hours upon they, hours. They spend hours. And you know how much it pays them? If they win the league, they might make five to ten times their money. Right. But... The odds of that is very, very low. Right. Whereas me, my hobbies, 
they generate money. I like. It. I mean, that's why, that's why we do what we do for a living. Is that this is completely a hobby, no different than my friends who do fantasy football <laughs> as well as listen to sports talk radio. And yet, I'm making 11 percent on my money. Whereas, what do they should have at the end of the day right. to show for their hobby? So that's is this is for fun. I mean, it really is. This is a fun hobby for me. I want to talk about kind of the cycle of what it's like to be a lending club member. I remember in the beginning. And I want to go ahead and tell you these key times of the day that you need to know. And every day, once you start doing Lending Club, you're going to re- you're going to memorize. Hold on, Brian. Brian. If you if you tell them, they're going to know, and then we're going to lose <laughs> top billing on getting getting those notes. I know. This is why we share, though, guys. We're very generous with giving away the inside information. We know. I don't even know if it's inside. It's just you have to do more research. You're going to know 9 a.m. This is all Eastern time, by the way. 9 a.m., 1 p.m., 5 p.m. And then 9 p.m. What's significant about those times, Brian? (laughs) This is nerdy. What is significant about those times is that's the times each day that Lending Club releases their new notes. And you want to be there when they release the brand new notes. Because? That's when you can get the best rates of returns with the highest credit ratings the best loans are out there first, and they go quick. And hawks like us yeah. are sitting there at eight fifty nine and thirty seconds. They go quick. To go check it out. They go really, really quick. So if you want the best loans with the best rates with the least amount of risk, you need to be there at nine in the morning, one p.m., five p.m., and nine p.m. All those are Eastern time, so you'd have to adjust those by your time zones if you don't live in an Eastern time zone. But you pay attention. And just to give you a clue on what rates we're talking about. So if you have A, what they call an A3, because they, they rank them like A1, A2, A3, you know, for your top people. An A3 pays 7.62, so that's not even a top. And that's, that's somebody who has a, a, a credit rating of like 735 to a 739. That's their FICO score. And then there's a C4. And I just wrote down some random numbers when I saw it on when I was browsing notes. A C4, which means it's somebody probably a lot riskier than an A. Right. Um, their, their rate of return, you could, you could get paid 15.31% on their loans, but their credit rating is between 660 and 664. So much lower on the, on the FICO score than that person above 700. And you can, and when you go to browse notes, cause this is after you, after you figure out the 9159 timeframe, you're going to go to the browse notes on the screen. And you're going to go look at the rates. You're going to look at the FICO score because you can sort by all these numbers. That's right. what's great is you can go play with the data in really nerdy fashion, sort the data by rate, FICO score, amount of loan, the purpose of the loan, which on the, in the vast majority of are debt consolidation loans. So a lot of people are just trying to consolidate and pay off these credit cards and other things that they might have. You can also see the percentage of funded. So you can see if these things are close to being fully funded. So you need to quickly speed up and place your order. Or if there's, you know, only 70% or 30% of right. it's been funded, you got a little time. And then the amount and time left. That way you can see how new or how old this, no- this note is that's sitting out there under the browse notes section of the website. After you after you've played around and you've memorized the times that they release these notes, you're going to go. I want to go a step further than just sorting by FICO score. The great thing about Lending Club is they give you the tools to run screens and and save those screens. You do get to save those screens too, so you really get to nerd out and play. I get to if you've ever pretended, you know, like I grew up thinking, you know, a lot of kids grow up thinking they want to be, uh, you know, a trash man 
or a policeman or a truck driver. You know, there's all these cool things as a kid. You look at it and you go, that'd be cool. Well, I can remember as a kid, I thought, you know, being a banker wouldn't be the worst thing. Working right. out, But I've never become a banker. This is your way to play and pretend that you're a banker because you get to see all the different things. You get to pull up, you know, go really deep into every one of the borrowers. You could even ask the borrower a question about the purposes loan. So if you ever wanted to kind of see what their debt utilization, what their monthly income is, what the loan purpose, how long they've been employed with the company they're in, um, their, their revolving balance utilization, their delinquencies. I mean, this is really behind the scenes. You get to play pretend banker. Can I tell you my sort of nerdy nostalgia behind it? You know, one of, one of my role models and sort of, I wish he's a mentor, but I haven't ever met him, is Warren, obviously, right, right. Warren Buffett. What's the one industry that Warren has probably made the most money on insurance. over his career? The insurance industry. In this a small way, it's like I get to be a little underwriter of my own little personal insurance company through Lending Club. I kind of that's kind of the way I look at it. <laughs> you like the underwriting process. I like you the underwriting get process. Get all underwriting that you've missed out on by not choosing an actuarial or or banking background. You get to get that out of your system so, by using Lending so Club. So Warren, you and I are kind of kindred spirits, my friend. I'm sure he'll be reaching out any time now. <laughs> Based upon his tweets, uh, how many tweets he's posted since he joined Twitter. Um, the daily checkup. This is the other thing. So after you figure out the release times, you figure out the browse notes, you're going to figure out the daily checkup. And I'm telling you, this is the way I think the progression is for all new nerdy lending club members is that I, I, here's what you do when you first join. You go to the summary page every day. You quickly click on my notes at a glance. Because you, after you after you review your annualized rate of return that they're they're predicting for you, you're then going to go look under the my notes at a glance and hit the issued and current, and you're going to sort by payment due date to see how many people are either in their grace period or behind on the loans or how many just what you've got coming up, so right. you know where to fill in the gaps if you want to diversify. Make sure you're getting paid on different days. And so maybe you need to go browse notes on different days. I mean, you really can nerd out on this thing. Um, and, but I always went out there to sort by payment due date so I could figure out who's late. And this is what, and like I said, I have two that are late right now. Lending Club does a great job of giving you a status note that you can click on and see why they're late, what they've done. Well, if they give a reason why they're late, how many phone calls they've made, well, you know, any partial payments that have been received, you you really get to see behind the scenes of what the collection process Basically, is. Basically, Lending Club is actually out there working for you trying to collect your principal back. But it is it is worth noting, because this is, notice is a, noted as a criticism. The person that's on the line with the money is you. Right. This is the Lending Club doesn't have their own money. There's no skin in the loan for them. They get their money off the transaction fees. You are the one carrying the weight. So it is kind of sad when you have people like I have I, of those two. One of them I'm not so mad about because the principal amount on the $25 loan is getting close to right at 20. Right. And I collected enough interest on that that, you know, wasn't all sunk cost. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to have to eat $20 of principal, but I collected enough interest that, you know, it's probably a, a, a 15 to $17 principal right, right down right. if you take out the interest I received. The other one, though, ticks me off. I lent this, whoever this person is, 50, 25 bucks. They never made a payment, and now they're 120 days late. That is horrible. And if you saw how complicated my screens are, I mean, his credit rating was a 725 when I oh lent him the cow. money, because um, I, I really do try to un- underwrite this thing to death. 
it shows that you can get burned even with a great screening process. If somebody's really struggling, they just go walk away from it. So, but here's the next step in the progression. So after you figure out these basics, you, after a few months, the shines go wear off. You're going to get kind of, you're going to be like, okay, it's not as exciting to go look at all my notes anymore. I'm not, it's just not as cool. I've got many other things going on in my day to day life. I'm not super excited about going and investing $25 in four different funds with $100. So the cash starts building up because remember, you're getting paid every month some interest and some principal. So that principal and it's not, and cash, it, it depends on when you issue the note. So you, you could have it structured. So every few days you're actually getting payments based on, based on when you issued your note. And it builds up. So you have this cash building up. And if you don't reinvest that cash, you're blowing the compounding interest opportunity that you get with this money. So it starts building up. You're not capturing those benefits of the compounding. And you're getting too busy to get the best loans at the release times. Because remember the 9159, after a while you look at your clock and go, crud, it's 1115. I've missed the 9 o'clock. And then you go, okay, I'll make sure at 1 o'clock I go, oh, crud, it's 230. <laughs> you know, so you, you don't end up getting those best notes anymore. And I found myself just kind of becoming bored with it. Right. And and I think that's that's a fair thing. I think Lending Club even recognized that that was a, a probably the process that occurred is you're super excited because this is a fun hobby, but like most hobbies, life gets in the way of it and you realize I don't have time to do this on a day-to-day basis. So Lending Club was smart enough that they brought in this this product line called Prime. It's basically a service that is free as long as you have $2,500 in the account. Remember, they're trying to get you to $2,500 because once you get to $2,500, it means you probably have 100 loans and you can diversify. If you have $2,500, you can subscribe to their Prime service, which still allows you to use your screens. So I have my screens, but then you also get to take it a step further and tell them how many A notes you want, how many B notes you want, how many C. By percentage, you go through all the way through the Fs, which are people who probably haven't paid their 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 mother back. I mean, these are people you're really taking a risk on, but they're, they're out there and they're right. paying over 20% if you want to take the risk and use them. And maybe in a good economy, you're going to get your money back on that. But you choose the percentage. I think I have like 3% of my money going towards F loans and right. I have a, a big chunk going towards B's and C's. But Prime will let you put in your screens, put in your allocation percentage for how much risk you want to take. And then they go out there and just buy the loans for you. But suppose you didn't want to have, you know, $2,500 in Lending Club. You know, you just want to kind of try out a little bit. Um, another thing they do that's fantastic. Now, it's not on autopilot like what Prime does for you, but they'll send you emails when you have cash built up saying, hey, just want to remind you, you've got $50 in cash. We have a few notes you might be interested in. So sometimes if it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, you forget about it. They let you know periodically, hey, you might want to go invest this, which is awesome because we get so busy. It's nice getting those little reminder emails saying, hey, you got some cash. Let's, let's put it to work. So and and I found myself because after the first month and a half to two months, I liked it so much. I set up a dollar cost averaging strategy where I had a few hundred dollars going in each month to continue this hobby. So because I was like, you know, I'm gonna, if I'm going to build towards this goal of buying something fun for myself, maybe like a sports car or something that I would never buy for myself. I'll do this lending club and this is the way I'll, I'll justify it to my wife is that it's money we didn't even miss and it was a hobby. And instead of doing fantasy football, look at what I created, honey. This, right. is, this is what was going through my head. And before I knew it though, I started, you know, I had a few hundred dollars in cash sitting there that should be out there working. Prime has been 
you know, really a good thing in that aspect for me. It really has helped out. So I would encourage you, if the excitement starts wearing off for you, if you're doing the dollar cost averaging where your, your money's starting to build up, this is the way to kind of fix that. Um, full disclosure, I've gotten to the point because I think if you, once you get to a, like I'm over, I'm right at the 5,000 mark, about to be over the 5,000 mark at Lending Club. So you can see it's not a tremendous amount of money, but it's getting to be enough that, you know, I'd notice if it wasn't there. Right. I've gone to $50 now minimum purchase for me. Just so you a, don't have so, so many notes. Well, it's, it's just getting hard to do $25 notes. Right. I'm never, I'm going to have too much cash in there because right. of the, how much is going in there on the dollar cost averaging. Plus the interest and principal I'm receiving on the other notes. I've, I've got enough money that I felt like it was time to go a little higher. Sure. I thought it was interesting though when I did that because I was right below the 5,000 mark. Lending Club has enough checks and balances in their system that it sent me a warning and said, you realize you're now now about to buy notes that will be more than 1% of your total holding. Are you sure you wish to switch from 25 to 50 on the minimum for each one of your notes? And I said, no, I'm, I'm aware of what's going right. on. Please carry forward. So they have some some nice protective things built into the system. Right. Let's shift gears because I don't want this to seem like it's a kumbaya love fest for Lending Club, even though I think it's obviously a great product that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Let me tell you the concerns. Last year when I did this show, I was really surprised. I think I even got a, a negative review on iTunes, which really hurt my feelings a little bit because, you know, look, we're going to do shows over all type of subjects. You're probably not going to hit everybody all the time if we were. I mean, no marriage even works that good right. that you get along about everything. So, so don't trash me if you disagree with me because I'm going to address your concerns Whenever I get the next opportunity, that's what we're going to go over right now is I did have a few listeners pretty mad that I even covered Lending Club. And I think I couldn't tell if it was because I'm going to talk about the moral issue that a few of you brought up. But then also other people have been burned by bad rates of returns themselves. Right. And then I had other people saying, well, how dare you talk about something so speculative when you ought to be dealing with the basics of investing? And that's sure. why I wanted to cover the the whole how it works for me as a hobby is something I consider very speculative so that people and make sure I give you enough disclaimers that nobody's caught off guard on what the purpose and intent of this product right. is. But I, I did. I received emails from listeners and even other bloggers, you know, had, had, had grabbed hold of some of our content to express concern about. I had a few people say, is there a moral hazard with because a lot of the currently the majority of Lending Club is debt consolidation loans. Mm-hmm. So you're taking people who obviously, if you're doing a debt consolidation loan, you're not making the best financial decisions right. because who is out there consolidating their debt? It's hopefully people who have found Dave Ramsey and they're trying to, you know, figure out their debts and, and, and attack it as much as possible. Right. But you know, at the, at its core, you do have people who are not great money managers and the fact that they have a lot of credit card debt or, or life has happened and they're kind of behind the ball a little bit. So these products are for the people who are not great with debt. So is there a moral hazard that, uh, is, that I got asked that? And right. I had some people who were pretty emotional about it. So I started thinking about that myself. And, and the more I, I came back to is that this is a, that concern is a very personal decision. It's no different. We have clients that for religious purposes, they're not allowed to buy fixed income instruments. Mm-hmm. Their religion doesn't, does, requires that they avoid those type of instruments. And when we design asset allocation programs for them, we do not include debt instruments mm-hmm. because we understand and we respect their personal concerns that they have with it. Now, you know, a lot of our clients do have bonds because right. bonds, even though they're not probably not the greatest investment to be in right now, you should still have some to keep kind of stabilize. 
your your portfolio. So we put them into a lot of our portfolios, but we definitely respect and recognize any of our clients who have religious concerns. We do that, but it is a personal decision for them. So you're going to have to ask yourself morally if you feel comfortable with doing these type of products. Um, but I, I should tell you, Lending Club has been very smart, is it, and I'm sure it seems like they've been on the front curve of recognizing where people have issues with them and then trying to address it as fast as possible because Lending Club's actually diversifying their options. They just announced on the, okay, it was either the 19th or 20th of March, so just a little over a month ago, that they are about to move heavily into small business loans. And, and I thought that was very interesting because. And that gets you kind of excited. Well, yeah. I mean, cause who, you know, I don't think people are small business really is the backbone of the country. And just like I was talking about the overreaction of the financial, um, sector and the banks and the credit unions and everybody else with how tight they got with their lending standards that has left a void in the marketplace for the biggest growth factor of what you typically get out of downturns. You know, a lot of times in market cycles where people will get laid off, displaced, and they're, they're, after they, they go through their severance packages, after they go through their unemployment, some people go, you know what, I'm sick of this. I think I could find a better way to do something. They either invent something, they create something, and a lot of times they don't have the resources in the beginning because a lot of these businesses start already in a traumatic time. I've, I've told the story about one of my best friends growing up. His father, matter of fact, my best friend runs the company, but his father growing up was just a welder. $7 an hour welder got laid off and now owns one of the largest metal fabrication shops in the area. I mean, it's incredible how successful he's been. And it all became because he got laid off. Right. I mean, so he turned from a $7 an hour welder so now where he employs probably close to 100 people yep. at his company, and it just shows how something that can be a tragic, you know, financially devastating event can be turned around and turned into a positive if you have the right skill set as well as the right mindset. And what I like about Lending Club starting to offer it for small business loans is, you know, talking about being like Warren Buffett and doing the insurance side, underwriting people who are trying to consolidate credit card debt. You know, insurance is generally for bad things, you know, house fires, car wrecks, death, that sort of thing. Now, instead of underwriting that stuff, you almost turn into a venture capitalist where you get to have sort of fingerprints on the success of someone else. So for me personally, I'll be excited to start helping other small business owners start to do that kind of thing. Because it's it basically it's the evolution of, cra- uh, of crowdfunding. Right. You know, we've got Kickstarter and some of these other things that you do and you get involved with, but there's not a financial motive. You're basically right. buying in on their products and trying to help people. I think this is the next evolution. It's brilliant on Lending Club's part to, to, to evolve the crowdfunding where you actually can make money. Right. I, one of my favorite shows, and I think I've mentioned this on the show, and Bo, um, since you've been around a lot more, you've even watched an episode with me and the family Shark Tank. That's right. I sit there and scream at the TV about Shark Tank and, and valuations, EBITDA, and all the other cool things that they talk about on Shark Tank. It is a nerd's paradise. This is my own way in my own little pond. You get to be a shark. To be a shark. And, and that's what I, I thought it was really cool. Lending Club actually did, and I think, it, you know, why not share some of this data? They had, a, I think they call these infographics or, you know, it was a nice little thing talking about how powerful small business is in the United States. But let me first give the overview of the product. It says Lending Club business loans will range from fifteen to $100,000 initially with plans to increase to $300,000 in the future. 
The loans will carry affordable fixed interest rates starting at 5.9% with terms of one to five years with no hidden fees and no prepayment penalties. So this is something that's going to jump up. But here's here's how powerful small businesses are. And this is from this infographic that they had attached. So if you go out to Lending Club, just go to their blog and look at their recent announcements. It talks about, here's what, here's what I like. Small businesses employ 76 million people in the United States. That's, um, there's 23 million small businesses in America and they account for 54% of all sales in the United States. Wow. So over half of the sales are coming from small businesses. Um, since the 1970s, Small businesses have provided 66% of the new jobs out there in the economy. That's powerful stuff. The small business sector occupies 30 to 50% of all commercial, commercial space. That's 20 to 34 billion square feet about the size of Rhode Island. That's being occupied by small businesses. Um, but they need money to grow and, and grow their capital. And here's what it says. The number of small businesses with a business loan fell between 2008 and 2011. It went from 44% down to 29% um, of how many small business loans are out there. And what, 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 why are those dates so important? We know that the wheels came off the economy in 2008, and I don't think they fully recovered on, on being, people being able to borrow money. And it says out of every 100 small businesses that 56 needed to borrow with credit. Now, there are people, it's just like when I started my company, I built up a big, nice pot of money so my wife wouldn't realize how broke we were when I started this crazy idea of starting a company. But there are 56 people out of 100 when they start a company, maybe because they got laid off and they didn't choose to start a company by choice. They got kind of laid off, displaced, and now this was a life choice that they made. 56 out of 100 try to get loans. Of those 56, only 18 of them were too discouraged to even apply. And then of the 38 that applied for credit, only 16 received the amount they wanted. So it sounds like there's a void in the marketplace oh, for, sure. for this. And, and here's why people you're, might be asking yourself, why would a small business need money? What, do, what are small businesses using this money for? You need the money to either start the business, to purchase inventory. That's why when you on the Shark Tank, take it back to the Shark Tank, why are they always offering lines of credits? What, what's the whole purpose? Why would, why would a business need a line of credit? If they're successful, it's usually because they have to, in order to, to sell products, if you're doing a, a physical product, you have to buy inventory. You have to build up the inventory enough to match the demand of the marketplace. So you need those line of credits so you can buy the supplies to build up your inventory, then sell it and quickly replenish your cash and pay off those accounts payables and other things. So that's the second thing. The third is expanding your business. And then fourth is just strengthening the firm. Maybe you want to go make some acquisitions right. or buy some capital, buy some Buy a new machine that's going to make you more efficient and allow you to get more things done. Small businesses, that's exciting. And I show, I think it shows how Lending Club is pivoting to not just be for debt consolidation, you know, home improvements and, and things like they've been doing. This is showing that they're going to go after small businesses as well. Um, two other final concerns. It was two that Lending Club is overstating their returns. There was a great piece by, I believe it was Alan Roth. You know, and, and Alan did this piece for Money Watch, you know, which is CBS. He's also a financial advisor himself. I really enjoyed this article where he was very critical in May of last year, May of 2013. He wrote a very critical piece of Lending Club about how they're way overstating their rates of returns. Um, you know, and he, and he showed through some mathematics 
that with defaults and other things, there, these things were a pipe dream that you would get the rate of return that was showing up on the summary page of his website when he logged in after he gave this a trial run. Well, here's the thing that I thought, and I've, I found the same thing by this person reaching out to me from Lending Club as well, is these guys are not trying to be typical corporate suits where, you know, they say, take my product or leave it. We're done. Right. If you don't like us tough, we'll move on to somebody who does like us. These guys seem to actually be concerned. If there's a concern in the marketplace, they want to address it. So they talked to this journalist and this financial advisor, and they said, you know, you got some valid points. I think that we should revise the the, the system. And they did. At the end of last year, now, remember how I told you my rate went from 13% down to the low 11% range? It's because now they've added where you can click a box, and it turns on where it adjusts your rates of return for how many bad notes that you might have. And they predict what you probably go capture, as well as if you want to do like I did and go more conservative and assume that your loans are worth less than they actually are. Because I'm one of those people that likes to set my expectations low and then be super excited when I make more than I thought I would. You can do that with this product. And I thought, he, you know, Alan came back and wrote an update piece in November of last year saying that, you know, they, they changed the way, you know, they changed his opinion to a large degree because they were so proactive with reaching out with him. And, and here's, here's what he said. And I thought this was good. Here's his take according to his piece. He says, I've written critical reviews before and responses have ranged from respectful disagreement to threats of a lawsuit. This is the first time for me in that the lending club both acknowledged the bias and corrected it. In my mind, the expected default rate should be the main screen, and the user should have to click on an option called Perfect Portfolio with No Additional Defaults. But its enhancements do a great job of giving lenders on its platform a much better way of assessing the ultimate expected returns. For investors looking to earn a bit more with their money, the lending club may be appropriate for some portion of their savings. One should remember, however, that these are illiquid and unsecured loans and are not substitutes for safer options like CDs or government bond funds. I have a tiny portion of my portfolio in the lending club and consider it a part of my fund. You put that in quotes, mm-hmm. fund portfolio. That sounds like, you know, Alan's doing the exact same thing we are. So I think that that's a great thing that they try to turn around a negative and turn it into a positive. Last concern, I've got a few emails as well as I've seen it in the comments when I go pull research on this, is there were people who signed up back in 2000, 2000, 2007, 2008, 2009, when all heck was breaking loose with the economy, and they got horrible returns uh, because the underwriting didn't take out those crooks who were just going to take the money and then run, leaving you holding the bag. And those people are out there. And I, I think that they probably they have a right to be bitter because I'd be ticked off mm-hmm. if I got in this product and then immediately lost a good chunk of it. So that is a true valid concern, and it's a risk. And that's why I tell you this is speculative. If the economy goes south, do you think people, because these are unsecured loan notes, what does it mean when I say they're unsecured? It means that only thing you can do to them if they don't pay you back is they're going to ding their credit score. Right. That's the only re- you're not going to go get a car. You know, there's no collateral like a car. There's no house that you're going to go take back, even if it's for a home improvement. This is unsecured, meaning that you're basically off of their good name and their credit score. You're giving them this money. So if the economy goes south, you're stuck. Yep. Know that going into it. And I will tell you to Lending Club, once again, trying to pivot, trying to evolve. 
They do try to change their underwriting process to kick these people out, do more verification. I've been very pleased, even though I have two bad notes on me right now. I mean, making over 10% on fun money as a hobby. It's kind of exciting. Pretty a cool thing. I mean, that's what, that's what I start playing around, of course, being so nerdy. You start going out, what does this look like in five years? Yep. What, what happens with this? You know, if I'm putting $100 a month in this or $200 a month and playing around fun money after I funded retirement, after I funded the kids' college, after I'm paying down my debt ahead of time, why not have a little fun if this is what fun is for you? Right. Now, if you like fantasy football, I'm not taking anything from that because believe me, people probably nine out of the 10 people I have break bread with and have a good time with on the weekend. They're going to be bored by this. Yep. This is not fun for them. I'm wired. I'm that financial mental mutant that we talked about. I'm the tightwad who's going to be wearing a shirt that shows that I'm loud and proud, that I love that I'm good with my money. If that's you, go check it out. I hope this show, how far do we go over? I think we're at about we're closing on 50 minutes. Okay, so it's a longer one, but it's still I think it's worthwhile. I hope this has been helpful. If you disagree with me, send me an email. Brian at money-guy.com. Don't trash me on iTunes, please, because you guys, I'm going to turn a negative into a positive. Y'all have been great on giving us iTunes feedback. Please continue to do it. I got, it's funny, one of the podcast consultants I worked with a gazillion years ago, back when we first started doing this in 2006, he's continued to be a big player on the scene. He started a new podcast. I thought it was interesting that he was sending out the first thing he's asking for is iTunes comments because he says that is still the gorilla of podcasting. That's where a lot of your listeners come from. So if you have not, if you love what we're doing for you and you have not written us a comment, please go out there to iTunes. We, we really need all the help we can get. Stay relevant. We're not a big corporation. If you notice, when I started this, I was a mom and pop like everybody else. Now it's a big corporate affair. If you go look who we're sitting right next to under the featured section – they usually have a, a big a book deal with a publishing house or they're part of a network or, you know, they have a TV show. We're not that way. We're, we're grassroots here, and the only way we're going to continue to be successful is by you supporting the show, um, by writing comments. And then I'm hoping you'll also become part of the Tightwad Nation movement where when we come out with this new swag that shows how cool it is to be good with your money because, man, there are so many things out there telling you why you should be bad with your money with the MTV Cribs, with um, profiles of the rich and famous, with, you know, you watch the TV. I was watching, you know, some awards show last night, and they're all blinged out. And that's just not the way real life works. Successful people don't have to go bling out everything in their life. There's something about being able to travel, to have stuff that you paid for. I want you to feel really good about where you are to be able to show people so that's why I want you to be part of the Tightwad Nation. Hopefully you'll go check out our video on the money-guy.com website as well as YouTube. And then get in line to get some Money Guy swag. And we're going to be loud and proud and change this world listener by listener and show that, hey, let's be good with our money. Let's do something right for the people here. Let's show people that you don't have to be one of these people making bad decisions to be seen as successful. That's what we're here for, and I hope you'll go on the journey with us. I'm your host, Brian Preston. We'll talk to you in about two weeks. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston, and Brian Preston is a partner with Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. 
The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.